there's no one literally forcing you to eat carrots. Right. Welcome to the Negative World Podcast, the podcast about video games for the Nintendo fans of NegativeWorld.org. This is episode 46, and we are recording this on Monday, March 25th, 2013. I'm your host, Stephen, or as I'm known on the boards, Dr. Finkelstein. And with Stephen, as always, is his loyal friend and co-host, Joe. That's me. Some people call me Ninsage. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so another two-man podcast this week. And uh, we'll just kind of run right into it. We have some topics coming up on uh, related to this DuckTales remake that was just announced. Um, and uh, But we also have been playing some games, so let's get into that first. Joe, I have a feeling what you're going to say. Uh, <laughs> I think the whole audience does too, but, but I think it's a little different this time, so please. Slightly different this time. Uh, normally... I lately I've just been skipping over the fact that I've been playing Pokemon because I don't want to bore the audience. And normally I wouldn't even mention it this time, but something a little different uh, has been happening in my in my play lately, and that has been the quest to attain every single Pokemon that there is. Okay, everyone knows that's not possible. Well, it's, it's, it's very like difficult. It. Yeah, uh, it kind of started from actually. The idea originated from a thread on Negative World because I forget who started it, but someone posed the question of, you know, has anyone ever completed a regional dex or a national dex? In other words, getting all the Pokemon in one game versus getting all the Pokemon ever. And, you know, a couple people, I think, said that they had tried it and maybe stopped. Uh, I don't remember if anyone said... I think a couple people completed regional dexes. I don't know if people did the national ones. But anyway, so I just I, it just sort of planted the seed in my mind. Like, yeah, maybe that's something I might want to try. And originally I was thinking, like, this would be something that I would do, like, all summer. And it would sort of, like, get me through till... um the next generation till X and Y came out. Right. So you just play Pokemon like crazy until the next Pokemon game. <laughs> I see how you live your life. <laughs> well, I also I also thought that I would do it sort of um, on the back burner, you know, like very, you know, like right, every... while playing Pokemon Snap and <laughs> Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, all those games, right? No, I thought I would get to playing other games, and then I would just sort of like every week or two, like oh, uh, you know, hunt down this Pokemon or whatever. But I forgot about the fact that when i play games i the obsessive side of my personality comes out and i can't really play them in the manner i discussed a moment ago i sort of tend to just devour things so i just yeah it was like one thing would lead to another i would catch one and then it'd be like oh well okay if i you know go to this area during this time of day then i can i can check one more off my list and it just became a a very entertaining and fun addiction. So, hmm. so the uh, so the bottom line is that I was able to catch every single one. And I will say that there's a difference between I know I've heard this from the Pokemon community. There's there's sort of completing the national decks, which just means seeing every Pokemon. Right. And then there's this concept which the community calls a living decks, which is actually owning everyone. Right. 
Because it's not so tough to, you know, like for some of the more rare ones, you just ask a friend to borrow it for a second, and then you get it registered in your decks, and you can give it back. But it's another thing to actually try to acquire one for yourself. Absolutely. So I figured I was going to go all the way and do the living decks. So you have living decks? I do, indeed. Wow. Could I have a... um, a non-living Dex from you, maybe? Could we just transfer every Pokemon over? And... <laughs> yeah. You know, sure. I, I think I, no, I got time <laughs> got to spend to in other ways. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can just pretend, I can think about it and be like, you know what? I could do that if I wanted to, <laughs> but I won't to save myself the effort. So I'm just going to pretend like I, I did. Like in another dimension somewhere, there That's is funny. Steven who, who has that, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, how about this? If you ever want a Pokemon that can be bred... You know where to go. Well, with um, Pokemon X and Y coming out, I will definitely talk to you about that. Sure. You will be my new nursery. Yes. So, anyway, so through this process, it was just a couple of, you know, interesting things that happened. First of all, you know, I got, uh, I I sort of realized, because I I was always thinking, like, it's going to be impossible to get legendaries because you only get one per game. And so why would anyone trade them? Because... You know, it, for them to get a new one, they'll just be giving up another one. They'll just be breaking even. But what I realized is that a lot of the legendaries have been released like a couple times over the span of a couple of different games. So even I was able to say to myself, like, well, I have, you know, uh, Soul Silver, or I can get like the legendary bird trio. And then they're also available. I think it was in Platinum that I also got them in. So now I have doubles, and then I can use all those as trade fodder, you know? Right. Um, so that was very helpful. So what game itself is actually holding on to all this? Is it your black two or white two? Or? Exactly. Okay. Yep. I, the, the latest one. And I figure when X and Y comes out, as soon as I can transfer them, I've got sort of like my Gen 5 team that I'm going to leave on black two for any time I want to play that some more, and then I'll just migrate all the other hundreds over to... Mm-hmm. X or Y, so that I don't have to do this whole process again in the future. I mean, I will for the new ones, but that shouldn't be as difficult. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I also learned about there's this thing in the Gen Five games called the Entry, and I had always thought uh, that this was a multiplayer only thing, and especially like a local multiplayer only thing. Uh, and I believe it was in Black and White, but someone on another forum told me that in Black and White 2, you can actually play them single player. Um, and they're actually, it's, it's sort of like these little, uh, hunt mini games. So it's like you'll have like a couple minutes and you basically just have to like run through an area picking up little shiny objects on the ground. That's basically, that's basically it. Very engaging sounding. <laughs> there are some variations where it'll be like in a given area, you have to find six you know, uh, uh, little kids or something, or you have to locate five clowns or something like that. Um, so it's basically just a mad dash and you earn, you you earn these orbs and then you can use them for these little, uh, upgrades, like these little time release upgrades for like, you'll get double experience for a certain amount of time, or it will be easier to find rare Pokemon for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, or Pokemon will breed more quickly. Things like this. Um, so that I found extremely helpful in this whole endeavor. Like that kind of stuff, once you know how to use that system to your advantage, the whole task becomes a lot more manageable. Um, 
So I was very glad that someone told me about that. Uh, and also, I was very glad that I was able to sort of, like, play those little games. Because, I don't know, they were kind of fun. I mean, they, as you said, they aren't very deep or anything. But they're just kind of a little novelty, more of a fast-paced feel that's not usually present in Pokemon games. Um, so it was kind of enjoyable. So what would you say was the hardest... Oh, I mean, maybe you have more to say, but I kind of feel like grilling you a little bit. <laughs> what would you say was the hardest Pokemon to, to find? Or to, to obtain. Well, um, I'm glad you brought that up. And what was your last Pokemon, if they weren't the same one? Yeah, well, uh, similar. Okay, the last one I got was Mew. Now, even old school Pokemon players know Mew, because that was like one of the first... Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite Pokemon. Yeah. And actually, I would not have gotten that one were it not for the help of our very own podcast editor and Pokemon master, David. Right, cool. Because he lent me his Mew, which meant I was able to then start requesting it online. So so that was very cool. So that was the last one. And it was kind of cool to have the last Pokemon I get be one of the more iconic ones like Mew. So that was kind of fun. But actually, the hardest one uh, to get... <laughs> and this whole process, it, it, like, it gave me more uh, admiration for like all these Pokemon that I always thought were just so... Like, I just never cared about. You know, I had no reason to. But there's this one Pokemon that I feel is one of the stupidest designs in the entire franchise. And that is called the Snubble. Snubble. Is that the pink bulldog? Yes, that is the pink bulldog. Okay. It is a hot mess of design, in my <laughs> opinion. Um, but I was trying to get it, and I realized, like, it is really, really tough to get. Like, one of the only ways to get it, I'm pretty sure, maybe it was in the Gen 3 games, which I don't have, but... Um, is via Swarm. And if you don't know what Swarm is, it just means like the game will rotate. A certain Pokemon will be available in a certain area, and it'll just be for like a 24-hour period, and then it will cycle on to another Pokemon. And you might not get the same one for, I don't know how many days or weeks it is. but So there's a lot of luck involved. Mm -hmm. And it was truly luck, because the way it happened was I was playing, and my wife was playing her copy of Platinum next to me, because she saw I was playing Pokemon, and got jealous or something and she was gonna she was gonna get, like breed something of hers and trade it to me and all of a sudden she ran into uh mesprit which is one of the roaming pokemon and she was totally surprised she wasn't hunting it down or anything so she was like oh i'm gonna try to catch it while i'm here so that meant i had some time to kill so i just so i booted up one of my other games and i was like let's just see who the roaming pokemon is and lo and freaking behold it's snubble mm -hmm. so i'm like omg i'm gonna catch a snubble so I go and get it, and that was very cool to check that off my list. But beyond that, I was able to trade this rarest of rare snubbles online. I, you know, bred my own. Mm -hmm. I was able to trade them for like three different legendaries, which was crazy. Awesome. So apparently, the you know supply and demand of snubble on the Pokemon open market, uh, they're in very high demand. So. So that was cool and now i have like this appreciation for this pokemon that i literally I, I thought before about doing a top 10 list uh on negative world of top 10 stupidest pokemon designs and this guy was going to be number two uh number one being the pokemon that is literally a pile of garbage no that's uh what it's is like garbador or something like that no that there's doesn't... there's trubbish is the little one. Oh, okay that's what i'm thinking of so it's rose evolution yeah. yep. of trouble yep that's pretty much the or... stupidest thing i've ever heard but <laughs> but before that was this snubble and now now i have this like warm fuzzy feeling about the snubble and i like to say snubble so so there's all that 
So, uh, but, you know, really horrible Pokemon, but not a horrible name. Yeah. Yeah. And the one last thing I'll say about this process is that uh, I found there's this thing called the uh, global trade system or something, which is how you trade with people that you don't know. But in the fifth generation, they also have this thing called uh, GTS negotiations. And what happens with that is you sign on with this other random person and you basically just offer Pokemon and then you can just click on either a smiley face, a frowny face, a heart or an exclamation point. And that's the only means of communication you have to try to determine a fair trade between you and this other person. Now, needless to say, uh, it's not very easy to communicate that way. Uh, it is certainly not ideal and it is absolutely something that they should work on for future games. But it really, I don't know, it, it, I enjoyed it. It added this sort of like, uh, I don't know how to put it. Like, like I felt like I was playing a game of diplomacy or something. Like, all of a sudden there was this whole other aspect to Pokemon. This, you know, like, very shrewd sort of trading behavior where, because a lot of times people will offer something and, you know, a lot of, a lot of people online are, are, they're jerks. They're, you know, little sure. kids or something they're like here have this piece of crap and now give me your one of a kind legendary or something you know so those are the folks you quickly break communications with but then there'd be some people like you know like i remember there was a guy from fukushima in japan and he was just so like we were just on such the same wavelength like we both wanted kind of the same kind of pokemon and i don't know if he was trying to complete a dax or what but it was just like really enjoyable and really like, oh, you have this? Like, well, what about this? No? Okay, well, what about this? Oh, you like that? Okay. And it was just really fun. I think we traded like six or seven times or something like that. Uh, and I had a similar experience with some girl in France, which was cool. And I don't know. It was just, it was a different experience, something I wasn't planning to get out of the game. But ultimately, I enjoyed it and it really, really helped as far as this quest for catching them all. Cool. Yeah. So, so, so how long did this take you overall? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I had even started when we did our last. It probably probably like two or three weeks. So probably I was probably working on it during the last. Uh, so you podcast. wait. You got all of them in two three weeks. Yeah. Well, I was. Um. I mean, I had a bunch from I played Just playing the game. Right. So I would. So there's like 649 total, and I think when I set out, when I made my list of the ones I still needed to get, I think I needed like maybe just over 200. Hmm. Which you know, it might sound like a lot, but again, when you think about you know all the Pokemon that you just had seen in the wild and then thought like, eh, I don't want that on my team, and you just ignore it. Right. They're hard to get. It just means you didn't. So. So Rotato was one of your <laughs> last Pokemon to get. Yeah. Uh, well, honestly, uh, do you know Butterfree? Yeah. That was one of my last ones. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that whole family, just because it's not very common in the games I happen to have. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I really enjoyed it. The only real payoff I get now is you get a shiny charm, which will double the likelihood of encountering shiny Pokemon. Now. Oh, for getting each one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. You actually got something for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But I mean. The normal odds are like 1 in 8,000, so now my odds are 1 in 4,000. Still honestly, not. <laughs> that's better than any lotto you're going to come across. That's true. So, yeah, that's my Pokemon adventure, and now after this I'll be moving on to, well, kind of moving back to playing 999 
and then after I finish that, I'll finally get to play Virtue's Last Reward for the 3DS, which I purchased when it came out. So I'm excited for that. It's very similar uh, games, right? To yeah. Pokemon, I'm saying. <laughs> you know, you stick in a theme, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you know, all the twisted murder and backstabbing and all that stuff. Yeah, just like Pokemon. Depending on which Pokemon you get, you literally might be backstabbing as a move, you know? So think about it. It's true. So anyway, so that's that's my recap, and hopefully uh, from now on I won't have to glaze over what I'm playing. But um, <laughs> I hear that you are playing some cool games, my friend. Yeah, um, I think I need to give a really quick shout-out to Candy Crush Saga on my Android phone, because <laughs> my freaking cousin uh, told me about it, and then he uh, told me about it again like a month later after I didn't touch it, and now I'm kind of into it. And it's uh, it's like a Bejeweled type clone, but it's got a few extra things, and it's really frustrating. And you have to sync it to Facebook to get past level 35, um, oh. which sounds annoying, but actually it's not one of those apps that's super intrusive. So I'm not bugging everyone, you know, on Facebook. That's uh, mm. pretty cool, but yeah, I'm not devoting any more time than that. Um, okay. Yeah, but I just had to, I just had to say because tr- truly it is something that I I keep eating at whenever I, I can. Uh, eating at because it's candy. But I'm sh- yeah. Um, I think I've yeah I think I've seen some posts from you or something about that you were playing it. Maybe yeah, it's, it's a pretty sweet game. Uh... <laughs> uh, I had to throw that one in there after you did. So <laughs> so yeah. Um, so there's that. But the an even sweeter game happens to be uh, a new Wii U game I just got, which is Lego City Undercover. There's no games for the Wii U. What are you talking about? No, there's not. No. Uh, this is actually uh, an Xbox game that um, was so kiddy they just put it on the Nintendo system and it randomly worked. I understand. Um, no, this is an incredible game. I'm not even kidding. Like, if you are a fan of fun and collecting things, mm-hmm. then this game is for you. Okay. If you don't like Lego, I must ask why, because I'm pretty okay. sure there's not a single soul on Earth who doesn't at least appreciate Lego. Right. That like, would fall in line not liking fun. Right, right. I, like I really don't understand how anyone could not like Lego, even if you don't like to do them, or or maybe it's just not your thing. Still, you should be able to see that it, you can see why people would like it. You know what I mean? And it's you can't hate Lego. No, um, unless you're like a real big ass curmudgeon or something. Yeah. Um. But okay, so going into this game, I was a little skeptical just because I have no experience with Lego games in general, and not at all. You never played any. I played Lord of the Rings for like three minutes Okay. Uh, while my girlfriend was getting ready one day. Um, gotcha. And I remember fighting some orcs or, I don't know, something. I don't. I always mix up the bad guys in that in that series. But I was uh, fighting some guys in a field, and, and then I did some jumping, and I switched between Frodo and somebody else. So, yeah, in other words, no. Not a lot of experience. <laughs> so, uh, and actually, the, the franchise aspect of it has always kind of turned me off in the LEGO games. Like, I'm not that big in Lord of the Rings. I'm not that big into Batman. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just, I, I get the novelty of it, but it just was not for me. Back back in the day, too, or even with real Legos now, you know, I think, like, the SpongeBob Legos are like, what, really? Pirates of the Caribbean? What about pirates in general? You know, back in my day, there was pirates. Yeah. And that was badass. And they had ships. They had forts. They had all these things. Do you remember Mtron? Mtron? Yeah. There were the, the space series with the magnets. Oh, I do have... I, I don't remember them being called that, but maybe I just never knew what they were called. But I do have a, a couple space things, and some of them do have magnets. That's what they're called. Like alien spaceships and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I, I would, got some. And they I even would, have uh, the LED um, 
fiber or no, the fiber optic wires. Do you know about those? Oh, really? One one oh. spaceship I have somewhere in like my basement or something uh, has fiber optic lasers or not lasers, um, fibers or whatever, just something that connects from a terminal and then it just lights up. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Um, but I would kill for a Mtron based video game. It would be so amazing. Anyway, as opposed to a license, is what I'm saying. Right, and so that was my whole thing here. I just, I don't know, I just was, was turned off from that idea. So when this was announced, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. It, you know, it, it's just it's just Lego. It doesn't have to rely on jokes that I won't get, and it doesn't have to mm. uh, be limited to, like, I always saw the older Lego games as, like, play sets. You know, mm-hmm. just, you know, you're recreating the movie or whatever, the or the series. I When, when I heard that this was going to be a free-roaming game based on just police Legos or city Legos, that, that intrigued me much more. And so I pre-ordered it, <clears throat> and I bought it, and I got it on Thursday, and I did nothing this weekend but play it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 25.3% done with collect with like everything. I'm like two-thirds of the way through the actual main story, I think. And it's, I've, it's something I've been kind of trying to rush through because of the fact that like you... You unlock different abilities and things like that as you progress through the story. So it pays to just kind of do the story first, then go back and just have fun, run them off. Sure, sure. And uh, it's just such a riot. I mean, it's akin to like Metroid in the sense that you know you have this area, you go into it, and then you you use certain abilities, but you know you can't use that one yet, so you'll come back later and you'll and it's it's totally got that Metroid feel. Okay. But it's got like the collection of like Banjo Kazooie. Um, Although probably even to more a degree because there's studs everywhere which act as currency. Question. Yes. Real quick because I don't mind collectathon, mm-hmm. but that gets kind of a bad rap. So how does how does this game like would you would you call it a collectathon or would you say that there's a lot of you know fetch questing or, or how would you how would you well, characterize the uh, the collecting of things? You really got to look at it in a couple different ways because you're you're collecting for different reasons. For one, you're collecting studs, which act as currency, which allow you to unlock things. Like you'll find little tokens with like disguises, or you'll be able to unlock different vehicles to drive, but you'll be able to only use them if you purchase them. So there's collecting that in general, and there's just studs everywhere. But it's not that much of a task to collect them, because, you know, you don't have to literally go over one to collect it, so if you're near, it'll kind of suck into you. So that Mm -hmm. helps, for one. Um, They're literally on every surface, so like at first I was kind of going like, like you start off on a dock, and I collected like everything around, and then it's like, you know, I really don't have to do this. I'll just do whatever I come across, and then and you start accumulating them fast enough. Uh, with the studs themselves, I've never actually come to a situation where I ran out or I, I was low. In fact, right now I've got like three million or something. Yeah, okay. And the most I've spent at once was maybe like, I'm probably even getting this wrong, but like fifteen to 20,000 studs, maybe 40,000 okay. studs at once. So obviously I'm very far from from you know being low on any individual purchase I might want to make. And you collect so many during the missions and everything, or even just driving around doing stuff. Like, if you feel like just driving around and, and seeing the city, you'll collect tons because they're all over the road, they're on the sidewalk, they're they're everywhere. And so do they just, like, respawn after a few minutes, or...? Yeah, actually, I was wondering that myself. I was curious if they respawned when you restarted or when you entered a new area, but I'm pretty sure I didn't leave an area, but I've just gone from that section of it for so long that when I came mm-hmm. back, they were back. Cool. Yeah. And they have different values, so it's not just like every single one counts as one. Some count as, you know, five or ten or a hundred. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's also red bricks, which you collect. And 
there's usually like one to find in each mission, and then there's other ones in each little district of the Lego City, which is huge, by the way, and we'll get into that too uh, mm-hmm. shortly. But um, these red bricks are kind of like cheats. So like one, some of them uh, unlock different ringtones on my my scanner that I use or that people call me. So like uh-huh. I can now change it to oink. You know, okay. so obviously that's a red brick that you get and you're like, oh, bummer. You know, like that's not that good. But I got a stud pretty naturally. I didn't have to search too hard to find it. That gave me the power of two times studs. So now every oh. stud I collect is actually worth twice as much. Wow. Then later I got a red brick that was worth four times. And I turned that on and I was like, great. Now I have four times the studs. What I didn't realize until I read Plute's message in uh, in the thread that we have for it, I can turn both the two and the four on. And now oh right now I'm collecting God. eight. Yeah, because he, I think he's up to like 48 times, which is probably the probably the max. So, like I said, right now I'm racking up them quick. For every what is an eighth of a million is like 125,000. So for every 125,000 studs, which isn't that hard to get even in one sitting, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to get a million. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. Now mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you turn it on every time you boot up the game because those red bricks don't remember that, which I guess is its way of kind of making it really feel like a cheat as opposed to anything else, but. Okay. Um, then again, there are red bricks that will stay on, which are more like uh, upgrades to your to your little communicator and your map and everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there's collecting like that. And again, studs have not been a problem at all. Now, uh, collecting bricks though is different. The studs are just scattered everywhere, but when you bust shit up, bricks fall out because obviously everything's made of bricks. I mean, right. the game itself takes place in a non-Lego space, sort of, but there's tons of Lego spaces within it, and this doesn't feel jarring at all, and it doesn't confuse you, and in fact, it helps you understand what's interactable and what's not, mm-hmm. so it's it's not at all a bad thing. Like, I don't wish that every grass area was like little green circles, you know what I mean? Right. right. It would actually be, and if, hell, if you want to get real ridiculous, you'd want to have it so like you can only run in a grid because their feet would have to fill the holes, you know what I mean? So, right. that's pointless. Um, but when you break stuff, it opens, or it busts out into bricks, and there's not usually too many bricks per item. But these accumulate as well, and these are what you use to spend on uh, super builds. And a super build is a really cool aspect of the game that I'm really psyched about, which is, like, there'll be just an empty blank platform just randomly along the side of the road. And you'll go over to it, and it'll tell you, hey, you found a super build. And it'll note that on your map, so you can come back later if you don't want to do it then. But you spend a certain amount of bricks to create something. And you don't get to choose whatever you want. I mean, it's it's more or less certain structures that just are missing, and you have to pay to to see them. Mm-hmm. But then they, you know, they might give you special access to an area, or they might allow you to call a car um, from your repertoire uh, whenever you want, like in that section, so that it'll drop a car right there for you. And there's, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of some other ones that I've done because I have done some interesting ones. Um, I know one that I haven't done yet is like some sort of. Japanese kind of archway thing in this in the center of this area of this park. Okay. And I haven't done it yet, just because I didn't want to spend the the uh, the the bricks for that. But like the one area, there's a stunt circle, like um, you know, just a loop. So you can pr- I presumably take a car and go drive the loop and whatever. So mm-hmm. some of them are kind of fun like that. Others actually have more of a like I had to build a bridge um, to this little cliff actually, and it's a cliff or it's a bridge that I can drive across, and the cliff houses a kind of an old kung fu style house uh, or a dojo. And this is relevant to the game. So you actually have to spend some just to get there. And so it's, it's pretty cool. It, it, it unlocks things. It, it expands where you can go. Um, it's, it's just all around pretty cool. And a quick way to get studs is like get hopping in a car, which you can take for any car you want GTA style 
and just, mm-hmm. you know, because you're a policeman, so, hey, I need right. this for the law, you know, and then you just go. And you and you can bust so many things like lampposts, um, like uh, bus stops, and all sorts of just items that you can just break through. When you drive through something, you actually collect all the bricks right there. So that helps, because otherwise you have to break it by punching, and then you have to collect them. Mm-hmm. So that can be a little more tedious, but the game doesn't throw so much at you that you're you're desperate for it. And frankly, there's so much stuff to collect that doesn't involve paying for the stuff that you will probably naturally collect what you need as you go. Mm-hmm. And certain aspects of the game require you to build things for the story, but typically they throw like super bricks at you, which are worth like a thousand bricks or ten thousand bricks. So, so that way you generally like say you as long as you come into the chapter with like five thousand bricks, which is super easy to do. Then you know they'll give you enough to cover what you need to do, um, yeah, and then even yeah. so, of course, you could just break stuff up and probably eventually collect enough. So it, it never, I never felt stuck. You mm. know, if I chose not to do a super build, then that was my own thing. Mm-hmm. But it's just so fun doing these builds and everything. Yeah. Um. So what about the? Uh, you know, you, you mentioned how you can like go through the plot, or you can kind of do some of these sort of side things. How much does it feel like? you sacrifice one to do the other or or you know on the other hand is it like on the way to advancing the plot you just sort of naturally come across all these little side things and you know distractions or what's your experience been like in that regard it's much more like the latter okay um you know i mean everything's pretty natural as far as the story goes and it is kind of annoying you know when you first start off the game and you see like all these things that just have locks on them you Mm -hmm. know but but it's very clear that hey you just can't do this yet, but you know exactly where to go later. And, and it's very clear, like, when you learn a new function, you know, oh, that's what I was supposed to do there. You know, it's not ambiguous at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you're going through and you're doing things. And some things you have to leave behind when you're um, when you're doing the, the story missions. And sometimes, like, I'll be in between missions and I'll just be driving to my next destination to kind of move the plot forward. And I'll come across something that I'll be like, oh, I can climb up that wall. Maybe I should uh, should get out of the car and do it. Mm-hmm. So then I'll go do it, and that's fine. And it doesn't yell at you, it doesn't stop you, and you, you can just free roam the entire time, more or less. Are there a lot of, like, things you come across that are, like, truly surprising? Like, would you ever, you know, enter a building, and all of a sudden on the inside, you know, it's just something totally random, like a like a circus is having rehearsal inside this building? You know, you know what I mean? It's like, if you like really up... surprising things, or is it just kind of like a, like a city? Mm, it is kind of like a city. But it's not a boring city by any means. It's it's a mix of San Francisco. It's a mix of New York City. It's a mix of, um, in some areas, well, there's like a Central Park type area, um, as well as a Times Square. So when I say New York City, I'm kind of referencing two different things. But mm-hmm. um, there's a Brooklyn Bridge. There's an Alcatraz type thing. There's a Golden Gate Bridge type thing. Um, I'm trying to think what else. There's a whole farm section. There's a mining section. So there's so much. There's so many different varieties varieties of of locations to be at that you are surprised but it's not like some crazy thing where you walk in and it's just like a disco but then again in the heart of one of the city sections i found a pool party happening okay and and that's actually relevant to the story too i found this beforehand i think or maybe i didn't but either way you stumble across you, you you go to like break in and steal a car and there's two guards and they're in your way and you want to distract them and you overhear them going hey I really want to go to that pool party. I'm bored. And then you look over and there's like people having a party, but the party's not really kicked off yet because they're missing some food and they're missing some music. And so you got to go kind of kick that, kickstart that so that way they can, you know, skid out on over. Cool. So it is pretty cool. And like, 
the rooftops of the city are really fun because you can pretty much go on any building. There's uh-huh. like a way up to a lot of this stuff. So in one situation, just I think it was last night, I was kind of, I found I realized I was going backwards. Like the plan, the game kind of was trying to lead me in one direction across buildings, but I was kind of going the other way somehow. Okay. And I mean, just because I was able to jump, and obviously, in theory, it'd be easier to go down a mountain than up it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Later, I came back for a mission, and actually, was going forward on that series. So it was kind of like a place that designed to go in a certain flow. But I just naturally found the end and I just started making my way back cuz I could. So right. it's uh it's it's pretty exciting. You do you do discover some cool things and there's always so many reasons to stop and and look at stuff like the game tracks so many things besides the bricks, you're also trying to find hidden pigs, you're trying to save kittens, you're trying <laughs> to capture aliens, you're trying to find every super build. You're trying to uh, literally. There's just a grid of like 25 different things you're doing, and each mm. section of the city has a few of them. Um, mm. uh, it's crazy. What about like because uh, you mentioned that it, you know sort of plays like a Metroid game um, in terms of exploration. What about like upgrade for your character? Like how does do his abilities change over time, or like what different things can you do with right, well, him, or is he just kind of? His abilities, his, his abilities change as he learns new undercover costumes, okay. um, which is the whole thing there. So you start off as Chase McCain, the civilian, and then you move forward to Chase McCain, the police officer, once the story really gets going. But then you got to go undercover to find Rex Fury, who is this bad guy that you put away, and now he's out. And so you start like going undercover to the prison, so you kind of end up looking like a criminal, mm-hmm. and you get to keep that costume the rest of the game. And that, you know, when you're a criminal, you're allowed to use the crowbar to open up certain doors. You're allowed to use a special gun that, like, is a color gun, and it, it allows you to change colors of things, which is relevant. Um, that's been a really annoying aspect, actually, because you have to make sure you have the right color. And during the story mode, it's fine, because they always end up setting you up for it. But in the free ro- roaming of the city... You don't always have it, and I did find a spot where every color is like in the same room, but I don't. Okay. Know, I don't want to have to go to the other side of the the freaking world just to get the color I need, you know? Right. Um, but then later, you know, you the story progresses, and uh, you go to the mines, and you have to sneak in as a miner to try to talk to some guy who happens to do some mining down there. So you end up getting the mining, and the miner can use dynamite, and he can, which are come out of vending machines, by the way, makes okay. total sense. Um, but he also can break boulders with his axe, which those are, that's another thing you can collect in every section of the, of the world is each, each section has hidden like super boulders and you got to break those. Um, and I guess I don't want to go through every costume just cause I don't want to spoil sure. it, even though it's yeah. pretty obvious, but, uh, but it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, you just keep getting these upgrades and you can switch through them really easily with the, mm. uh, the R trigger or the L trigger. I think both of them probably work to go in each direction. And uh, and they each bring something new to the table for sure. Does it feel kind of like Mega Man in that regard? Yeah, totally. I can see that. It's just that you don't run out of ammo, which is yeah. even better. Yeah. And um, and some of them really do give you some cool abilities in the end. Some that you can use at any time, uh, and some that that you can't. But um, and as you get new costumes too, new things arise. So um, I guess okay, I won't go. Well, there's one costume that allows you to water some plants. And you don't get this till near, you know, the midpoint of the of the game, and you realize when you water your first potted plant, uh, or like a row of plants, just in the city, it says, "Hey, one, uh, 
you know, one plant out of 17 watered. And so you realize, okay, well, there's 16 others around the city. I want to try to find them. And now that okay. I can do it, and you might even have come across them before, but you just didn't, you couldn't do anything about it at the time. Mm-hmm. Or ATMs. There's 18 ATMs, I think, and they ask you to break every one of them. So you have to dress up as the robber and punch the crap out of it until it busts. Okay. And then you get a bunch of studs, and then it says one ATM smash out of, you know, 13 or whatever. So these abilities constantly open up your what you can do in the story mode and what you can do in free play. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, again, I'm trying to push for, like I told my girlfriend yesterday, because uh, uh, I'm going to be seeing her uh, pretty shortly, and she wants to try this game, and I, I wasn't ignoring her or anything, but I was saying, I'm really busy with this game because I want you to have as much... Uh, to do, you know, as possible. So I'm doing this for us, honey, you know. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm, I've been playing this all day, literally. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. good. Yeah, so, uh, but there's just, like I said, there's so much. I do want to, like, beat the, the game before I even bring it over to, to show her, just because I want her to be able to do anything she wants. Mm. Um, ah, I forgot what I was going to add, so if you have any more questions, throw them at me. Uh, yeah, I think last thing, you know, the obvious comparison is always GTA. Everyone says that, it, uh, or describes it as like GTA with Legos, but um, if you've played any of the GTA games, like how fair would you say that comparison is? Or I haven't played or- too many or too deeply, so I can't really compare, I guess, the story mode in a GTA game with the story here. Mm-hmm. But the the actual style is is very much similar. Um, okay, you do just free roam. You don't have sex with whores in this game, right? But you do. And, you know, for a game that stars the cop, because that was the whole premise was like, it's like GTA, but you play as the police. Well, you right. do, but because he's undercover as a criminal for a lot of the game, yeah. you still do steal cars and you and you run from the police all the time. Um, because, yep. you know, most of the people in the, in the precinct don't know that you're undercover, because obviously that would be bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, stuff like that. So there's still tons of kind of uh, devilish things you can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, And so it's not like it's a boring game where you're just like, well, I'm going to write you a ticket and do some work, you know, it's nothing like that. Then you go get donuts. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I haven't wait, seen a donut since the, uh, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not just like sitting there waiting for a car to speed. <laughs> in fact, you're going to be the one speeding and some cars even have like rocket boosters. So, cool. um, Oh, and there's tons of areas in the city too, where you like can kind of launch your car. And when it does, it like cuts to a slow-mo to watch you fly over something. Oh, nice. Yeah. And that happens both with like your mirror edge style running and jumping through buildings, which, is an apt comparison, even though it's not exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, yeah, so this is like Me- Metroid, uh, Mirror's Edge, Grand <laughs> Theft Auto, um, Mega Man. It's a Mega Man, yeah. It's a big mishmash, but <laughs> but it's it's truly a spectacular game. And and like GTA, you can totally just pretty much go anywhere. Like I was hopping through people's backyards, and I was supposed to. Like they they allow you to do that by having you know a trampoline in this yard or or an awning that you can bounce off of in another one. And, and so it really just encourages you to like look in every nook, and that's cool, and that that's what really gets me going. I mean, there's so much stuff that I'll see that I can't get to, and it's like I don't care. I'll come back and look later. Mm-hmm. I just got access to a helicopter finally, and I realized there's a whole like shortcut across the island, across the city, through like a forested area that you can't get on foot, but you can fly okay. the helicopter through there. So that's really awesome too. And uh, and obviously with the helicopter comes helipads, and now even more situations unlock where I can do tricks off them or I can dive down on top of a rooftop that I couldn't get to before that you only can get to with the helicopter. So the world just continues to unlock, you know, mm-hmm. and it never feels like you're stuck there. You never feel like, wow, I really wish I could just open something up to see something new. You're always seeing something new. It's so sweet. It's so cool. Cool. And well, yeah, this is, I mean, absolutely one of the games that was uh, 
on my list for when I do eventually pick up a Wii U. Yeah, I mean, um, I would go as far to say that this should be the first. Yeah, it looks really cool. If looks I had like to choose between this and any of the launch games that I and like, and I could only got one, I probably would have mm-hmm. wanted this. Yeah, knowing now, even even though I love Mario, love Nintendo Land, still trying to get back into Zombie U. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this game just blows me away. This is this is a must-have in my opinion for the Wii U. Cool. Do you think it has enough? Uh, I don't know if mainstream is the right word, but enough sort of general appeal to be a successful title? Or absolutely. I mean, yeah. the only real downside I see is the one that everyone comments on, which is the load times. Which, by the way, the load times are not even that bad. They uh-huh. are kind of long when they happen, but they only happen to pretty much load the city or load like a mission, like an, like the, like the mine itself is its own interior. You're not gonna be able to just go freely between that, but. When I'm going in and out of buildings, um, you know, the the building itself is just a small little room that they have you, and you don't, like, dig through apartment complexes and stuff. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. And so there's really not not bad loading times. You load, it takes a while to load at first, like maybe two or three load times in between 30 seconds to a minute, which is crazy. But, you know, check your email or go get a snack while it does <laughs> that, and then come back and then just play for hours without much of a problem. Right. And okay. And so uh, I don't feel like it is very limiting at all. I think that anyone who wants to have fun and enjoys collecting, because if you don't enjoy collecting, then you're not going to, you're going to find it probably a little flat because a lot of the motivation is to find new, collect new costumes, collect new studs, open up new areas. And I mean, in a way you're collecting new areas, you know, you're kind of allowing the city to grow around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you really have to have that mindset. I mean, if you're looking for, you know, first person shooter experience where you just, you know, you're kind of up to a challenge and, and, and that's it. And then the next level presents itself and there's nothing else to see once you've done it. Right. Well, then that's not going to be for you. Yeah. Makes sense. The, uh, the two things I want to mention really quick and then I'll shut up. I could talk forever about this game, but, uh, it's <laughs> a good thing though. Absolutely. Like, oh, like I, I, I saw my cousin from Ohio uh, over the weekend and he's like, he asked me about the, the Wii and the Wii U and, um, said he wanted to get one soon. I said, yeah, um, you know, what games do you want to get? And he's like, oh, I want to get that Lego game. And I just, like, my eyes lit up. <laughs> and I had just been playing it like an hour before, too. And I was, like, uh-huh. trying to convince him to go get one this weekend. And, uh, but yeah, the two things I want to mention. The the costumes, I've also seen this complaint that, and I forget which, it was one reviewer in particular, so it's not, like, a widespread complaint, I don't think. But uh, that the costumes are not, like, intuitive. Like, it makes no sense for him to just switch between, you know, um, the crook to... I'm trying to say some earlier ones without spoiling anything. Uh, to the minor, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, just so quickly. It makes no sense, you know. And I know that from playing Lord of the Rings uh, of my girlfriend's copy, like, you switch from Frodo to um, Samwise back and forth or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, I get that one's good at jumping and the other one's good at something else. And, and I guess it makes sense because they're different people. But here you're not, like, having that kind of confusing like switching to different locations because they're not standing in the same place or having to control multiple people and move them forward it slows down the gameplay so mm-hmm. if you had a different like a cop that was a minor and a cop that would be annoying as shit yeah like okay. what you want is just be able to just turn on your powers it's like Mega Man what if you had to have a different Mega Man for each one but they were all on the level so you had to move them all together or something that's right. kind of what people yeah. are kind of expecting and and plus it's a Lego game like how is that unrealistic for you you know what I mean <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's uh, if a Superman bit. can go into a phone booth and change into his costume within seconds, I think the Lego guy can change into you know his costume, whatever. Mm-hmm. So 
that seemed like such a nitpicky thing that I just didn't get. Mm-hmm. And and the last thing I want to say is that for a Lego game, you would think maybe oh the graphics won't be that great or whatever. And it's on Wii U, you know, and you know it's that's underpowered compared to the blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Well, this game looks beautiful. It mm-hmm. is really impressive. For for really far away things, they they kind of dumb down the textures a little bit, not in a bad way, but you can tell that they're not using the high grade because you're not close up. And as you approach certain things, sometimes you'll you'll notice some switch. But uh, okay. the game is is very good looking. There are some jaggies, which I I think everyone's having that experience. So I don't think it's just my TV settings or anything. But but frankly, I mean I don't know. It's it's a blocky Lego game. Like you kind of expect that. I guess I does doesn't bother me enough. Not when it's moving and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the game world itself that doesn't involve like the stuff that's non Lego is very nice looking. Some nice texture work. Um, the shadows, while not uber detailed, are realistic, and uh, the lighting is definitely working in that favor as well. So it's it's also I think a great game to showcase the Wii U, mm. and if you, especially if you're trying to sell this to your family members, you know, like here's a non-violent game that looks beautiful and is totally fun. You know, yeah. buy it for me, mom. Yeah. Uh, so I think that this is. Definitely a showcase, and I think it's like what T two games or TT games or I forget uh, the developer of this um, by name, but I'm really impressed by them, and I want to look into them more. Mm. I mean, the voice acting. Oh, yeah, I gotta mention that really quick too. The voice acting and like the the dialogue and and the how the, that works in the story, and even how it doesn't. Just when you're walking down the street and you hear somebody mumble something, it's really mm. well done. Mm. Like it's not jarring at all. There's there's no subtitles if you don't want them. And it's just all it, all the voice works there. Chase McCain's fully voiced, and they're actually realistic sounding, and it's actually really funny. A lot of this stuff. I mean, I'm a little bit of a corny person, but I'm really chuckling at this game, and I think hmm. that's really great. That's making me enjoy it even more when I'm actually laughing alongside with it. Yeah, definitely. Not even just at the movie references, but just at the the natural, like one of the, one of the young lieutenants or young cadets or whatever at the police station. His name is. Uh, I think his last name's Honey. I forget. This is right at the beginning of the game. But so Chase McCain calls him Honey randomly, mm-hmm. which just kind of sounds like a term of endearment for like your wife or something. And uh, so just the whole the way that that's juxtaposed with each other is just kind of funny. And and mm-hmm. he's kind of a dumbass, a lovable dumbass, I guess. So um, like he calls Chase on his phone when he first rides a horse, and he's like, "My horse has no head." And it, you know, and he's like, "I think you're on backwards." He's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> you know, like little stuff like that. It just all, those touches are all over the place. So, I like that. yeah, I've talked for like 30 minutes now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the game is really great. I really recommend everyone go go get it. it I would consider writing a review for it, um, but I don't know if I want to spend the time because I'd rather be playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I definitely would, as, as of right now, easily give it in the high nines. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's very little I have to be disappointed about. So, Well, not to uh, extend this topic unduly further but what about the uh 3ds game are you does this make you interested to check that out or okay now i'm super weary about the 3ds game um super what weary okay which might seem weird or unfair but because i've looked at the trailer for it and i almost tried talking my girlfriend into getting it because she doesn't have a wii u but she has a 3ds i thought maybe if she has fun with this uh this weekend that you know maybe she might want to pick it up but it seems to, I mean, the texture work and the the, the graphic, the graphical integrity is kind of subdued a little bit because obviously it's on less lesser mm-hmm. hardware or whatever. Um, although the 3D effect might be nice, but it seems kind of like a watered down version of this game. So okay. your missions, from again, from what I can tell, I've obviously never played it yet, but it looks like they're just take whatever you find in this game and just kind of take a few steps back. 
Mm-hmm. So it might be fun, but I think for me, having played this game first, it wouldn't be as fulfilling, perhaps. Gotcha. Um, and and I don't know. And then so I guess that's really the, the gist. But at the same time, the plot of the 3DS game is the precursor to this game. And right. this game references like the storyline in this game is you're trying to find Rex Fury after putting him in jail two years ago. However, there's some iffiness behind what happened there, and there's if like the game kind of implies right away that maybe Rex Fury's been working with maybe with the cops or maybe with someone else, but he's definitely been it was it was way too easy for him to get out of prison. Okay. And uh, and the and the 3DS game tells the story of how how Rex and Chase butted heads the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that whole thing. So it does tell the backstory, which is probably pretty cool. Um, but I'm not necessarily convinced yet, I guess, because, like I said, it just looks like a watered-down version. Like, I'd have to see some reports on how expansive the city is, how the frame rate is, because that was worrying me a little bit. Because this game is great, and the frame rate does really well in the Wii U version, but I can imagine a game being this big and expansive kind of taking that hit mm-hmm. um, on the 3DS. And actually, the other concern I had was... If the city's the exact same, which you would expect it to be, because it's supposed to take place in the same city, I will probably find it kind of boring at that point. Okay. Because I'll have taken this one apart so much that I'll know where everything is. And yeah, I could discover new new things in, in the same areas, but you know, what are the chances of me finding whole new areas that should have been in this one? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm not sure. Okay. Um, my plan is well, to... Well, perhaps a uh, discount someday. Right. Something. I mean, the game itself, I think, is only going to be 30 or something like that. I think it's going to be relatively cheap. Just like this game was only fifty, and don't let anyone, even Nintendo, tell you otherwise. Because I guess they were charging sixty for a little bit on the when it first released digitally, and no. then I think they fixed that price now. Because I mean, GameStop and everywhere else is charging fifty, huh. so I think that was a mistake on their part. Weird. <sighs> but yeah, so that's my uh, my lengthy Lego City Undercover uh, story, and I do have Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon sitting in front of me in its packaging that I got just like a few hours ago. Three hours. Okay, ago, well that is exciting. So I've uh, I've played it like crazy, <laughs> and um, now I fully I fully examined the box art. That's all I've done. Nice. But I'll have more to say about that, obviously, um, next time. And of course, I also have Bioshock Infinite coming out this week. So I'm going to be a busy bee. Yep. And uh, but I still I still want to. I mean, I'm I'm already behind because I'm the game's just challenging to me. But uh, Secret of Mana, I've been playing in the Secret of Mana game club, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's not nearly as fun as these other games, so I'm really trying not to let it slip, you know? Okay. Um, but anyway, that's not even its fault. It's the fault of these other great games on my desk. So. Yeah, stupid games being stupid. Stupid, yeah, stupid games. Why do I spend money on good games? I know. I should buy just buy all these crappy Pong remakes. Yep. But, uh, okay, so let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with some topics. Sound good? Yeah, let's do it. All right.
first topic today. Um, it's going to be about the DuckTales remake and remakes in general. So intriguing, right? That's interesting. That's a, that's a good topic. It totally is. And you know what I knew off the top of my head? What? That DuckTales came out in September of 1989. Oh, my God. <laughs> totally I off the top of my head. I didn't look that up at all. That's really um, cool. But yeah, so that classic game, which we all know and love, DuckTales for the NES, came out in September 1989. And now here... I, guess summer of uh, 2013. I don't think we have a lockdown date yet, but in the summer of 2013, we are getting a remake. And this is obviously hitting a lot of hearts, and in most ways, good, in a good way, but with me, not so much. And I right. know a few other people sympathize with my, myself. That's because so. uh, between this topic and the last discussion, you stopped liking fun. Mm. That's what, that's I, what I see. Maybe I listened to the band fun, and then realized I should stop liking fun. Um, who actually? Because I, I thought you liked fun, but now here we are. Yeah, I put the fu in fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, no, I, I have a certain reason. I think that it's not hitting with me, and I'll I'll tell you my my progression to that. But first okay. of all, what do you think? Like, what do you think this is necessary? Were you excited? Like, let's get that off off the the chest first. Okay. Um, yes, I'm super excited. I actually, uh, this, this might sound like a stupid reasoning for it, but, uh, ever since when they announced that the successor to the Wii was going to be called the Wii U, mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I have been hoping that there would be a DuckTales remake just so that we could say DuckTales Wii U, <laughs> which I is, like yeah, and, uh, Unfortunately, you know, if there was ever a case for exclusivity, I think this would this would have been it. But uh, in this case, I will say it's a, unfortunately multi-platform, so that they cannot do that. Which is kind of interesting, frankly, considering this never released on any other system. So why would <laughs> someone who owns an Xbox even care about this game? Me, yeah, who knows? But uh, so anyway, so I think you know that just sort of like put the idea in our heads that we would like a remake, but. Um, or actually, even like a sequel in the same genre would have been cool. Now, you do know that there was a DuckTales 2, right? Oh, I know. In fact, uh, I actually have very little experience with the first game because uh, back in the day, I played it at a friend's house and I loved it. And so at that time, the second one was like just coming out and I just assumed, well, this one will definitely be better. So I only have the second disappointed. one. It's a good game, DuckTales it's a 2. It's very good game. But it's it's not as better than the first. It's not better, no. But it does, so, a, it does a pretty admirable job. Yeah, so I actually... So even, you know, this being a remake, uh, it will largely be new to me. Uh, I think we actually bought the DuckTales 1 uh, just a couple months ago. And Wait, what game? The first, the NES DuckTales game. We, no, never mind, I was trying to make you say DuckTales so I could go with you. <laughs> Thanks for making me look like an ass hat. Well... You do such a good job yourself. No. Um, Thanks. So, yes. So, it will probably be largely new to me, although I do want to play that NES game that we bought. But, uh, but yeah. And I just think, I'm so glad. I mean, the company that's doing it is way forward, right? And they are, like, getting the reputation as the animation peoples uh, outside of, like, Vanillaware. So, uh, I'm really excited to see them get a project like this because I think if they're gonna do uh, a DuckTales game, it really has to be a company like that uh, at the helm. So so that is exciting. And just looking at it, I mean, the animation looks amazing. I think we're really getting close to the point where uh, 
you know, like the game Dragon's Lair back in the day that was trying to like, you know, you're playing a cartoon. Right. Well, you're not really. It's more like you're, you know, watching scenes from a cartoon. But like, you know, we're getting close to the point where it's like playing a cartoon. I mean, a lot of the, you know, the visuals, it just looks great. So I'm excited. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, just I just love seeing the full animation for things like when you hit the little mummy ducks and then they're spinning around and then they're like little wrappings come off and stuff. I don't know. It just, it looks really fun. Uh, and I'm glad that, I'm glad that they, uh, even if it's not a sequel, I'm glad that the, uh, the play mechanics all seem to be in place and it doesn't look like they tried to fix what wasn't broken in that sense. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I definitely agree with you there, but I don't know. I just, I'm, you know, looking at the trailer again, just to get a literal fresh mm-hmm. live reaction I just don't... It doesn't look right to me for some reason. Okay. Well, talk to me, Stephen. Let's... Let me be your game therapist here. What game, is, game therapy with Ninsage. <laughs> um, How does that make you feel? The mix of 2D and 3D is really throwing me off. Okay. For one. Sort of I, the, the Paper Mario but type it doesn't, thing? But, it's, but the 3D and Paper Mario feels designed for it. Like, this doesn't have a cohesive um, look to it, I guess. I mean, I get that the backgrounds and everything are supposed to be very kind of... I mean, in cartoons, you have a lot of big, flat... Uh, you know, you don't have a lot of depth, I guess, in cartoons. Mm-hmm. At least not the cartoons that, the you know, DuckTales originated from. Right. And so it's weird seeing, like, these three-dimensional spaces, and some of them go really far back. Right. Which just doesn't seem right either. Good point. And some Good. of them don't... Like, I don't know, I feel like I, I want more texture out of this. Even though I get how that doesn't really make sense. Like, I guess Scrooge McDuck himself is so detailed, and... Uh, you know, I don't know. It's just weird. Some of these enemies are, are 2D, and yet the cake that spits out of them is 3D and spinning around with, like, different kind of lighting. Sure. Um, I don't know. It's just, it almost feels like it'd be a better, maybe, 3DS game mm-hmm. or something. You know, where the 3D effect can actually be relevant and everything. Mm. But this, this True. whole, I just don't like the aesthetic. That's the whole thing. And I understand that in DuckTales with the NES, he does kind of move in kind of a stiff patter- pattern. Yeah. Not that it's a bad like a detriment to the game. I mean, that's kind of how it's just supposed to be. But here, it just the background feels so fluid, so animated, that for him to control the exact same way, which is a win as far as playing it and, and going back to the memories that you once had, uh, it kind of counteracts with just what they're going for. I don't know. Yeah, I, I totally... It's a mishmash, you know? Yeah, I totally I totally get what you're saying. There, There is absolutely like this... Um, yeah, it just a uh, it does feel a little bit off how you know certainly how Scrooge moves in relation to how the rest of the world moves does look sort of a little stiffer by comparison. Uh, and now, and I do see what you mean about the depth thing, but like for me, there's only one level. There's this one where it looks like you're inside the, the money bin or something. Well, it looks like a hospital. Yeah. It's got to be a money bin or something. Yeah, I, I mean, I was, there's no hospital in the original, <laughs> but it looks like a hospital to me. But uh, yeah, and there's that really long hallway, mm-hmm. and it does kind of give a a weird a weird uh, vibe. Well, too, like in the uh, okay, like. If you go to, like, you know, one minute, three seconds, or even just skip around in that kind of the next 20-second range, it just feels inconsistent, I guess. Mm. Like, things are pushed too far back, yet we're still on a 2D playing field, and yet the characters themselves are so 2D, they're right. so flat, but the world is trying to be 3D. Right. And it just, ah, it... I, I forgot who said it on the boards, 
I wish I could remember to give them credit because I know that they got a little flack for this. Maybe it was like either Jargon or JKR. I'm thinking J. But they said that Wario Land Shake It would have been a better kind of style. And mm. I kind of agree with them. Like, do it in the DuckTales art style, of course, but have yep. it have the way that flatness and, and 3D work works in, in Wario Land Shake It and have that be how this yes. would go. To well, me, that would make a lot more sense. Here's the deal. You are totally right. And congratulations. But it's not what I'm getting. So, What's that? But I'm not getting what I want, so I just got to suck it up. No, now, now, now I am, now I'm disappointed about this game. Oh my god, did I just ruin it for you? Well, <laughs> not just, well. Look, it's going to be fun, though. I mean, you're going to like it, but I just don't see, for me, you're so why right, I... so right, though, because now I'm looking at that stuff and, and thinking of Wario uh, Land, and it's like, yeah, that's what it should look like, because then it really would look like you're playing a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that I look at all this other 3D stuff, it's like, why is that... 3D. Right, unless it was on the 3DS. Then it might look yeah. better there. But I just don't like how it looks here. I wonder if this wouldn't sell on an Xbox or a PlayStation if it wasn't 3D. If it wasn't like... And, I mean, not even to like slander non-Nintendo gamers or whatever. I just think that that's just what they expect yep. those fans to like. Yeah. That, hey, look, it's 3D, though, so it's better. It's not yeah. just a 2D, you know, lame 2D thing, you know. That's not supposed to be... polygons all... if it's 2D. Right. So I think that might be part of it. Because... One of the great things about the original game is the sprite artwork. And mm. so if you're going to lose that and then go into like this weird three-dimensional thing, I think that that is a detriment to it. And when I, I watched the trailer first on my phone, which I admit is not the best place to watch it, and I didn't like it at all. I was like, oh, this is a bummer. I watched mm. it on my computer later, and it looks a lot better, obviously, in like, you know, your full res and everything. Um, and it still will be fun, but I don't see currently where I would... And I hate saying this, because it's like I naturally think I should buy this. I would want to buy this. Why wouldn't I? Um, but I just feel like what stopped me from just playing the original? The original wasn't broken, you know what I mean? Um, and this looks good, but it's not fully good. It's not it's not as cohesive as I would want, while the, the original is very cohesive and, you know, it all looks great together. Yeah. Now, if the music, because I know that they're remastering the music and doing kind of some upgrades, if that sounds really good, then hell, I might just buy it just for that, just to play with, like, some upgraded tunes. And, and two, I think I just got to see more. You know, you're watching this trailer and it's got the DuckTales theme which has nothing against um, fairy tales nothing about that uh, <laughs> and um, and you know so you're kind of sucked into the nostalgia that way but I'd like to see more direct feed video before I made my decision because I could be persuaded I just yeah. I'm not on the hype train frankly uh, I just jeez now that you put it that way <laughs> I, just I mean like crap for doing that to you no 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 it's okay I mean it's just that it all it, I feel like when you like they solve a mystery when it all lines up you know all mm-hmm. the stories or yeah I think that's I think that's totally it they probably were just like well if we're gonna you know sell it to these other audiences they're gonna want 3D and well of course but we're not gonna make you know, Scrooge 3D, we can do this cool 2D animation, so we'll just do both, and now it looks like it does, and it's just not right. And not not even to ruin it even further, but go to uh, the 49th second of the trailer, and this is where you've got all these, uh, the bad guys running through whatever, the screen, and you have that depth again, you know? You've got this 3D plane, but in the background, it's so flat, so Mm -hmm. it's inconsistent. It's like a painting. That doesn't look right to me, you know what I mean? Have well, it either be I, all or none. I will say, before we even had this conversation, that yeah. one scene with all the guys running yeah. 
felt a little off to me. But I didn't really no why? care because I thought okay. it was just okay. like that one scene, you know. So it was just I just think the game doesn't do a great job of mixing that 3D and that flat 2D together in a stylized mm-hmm. way that's enough. While in, in Wario Land Shake It, as much as I'm not even a fan of that game that much... <laughs> and, and oh, I love that game. Like, the gameplay I'm just not that sold on. It just isn't for me. Like, I, I've played Wario Land 3, and or Wario Land, Super Mario Land 3. And, uh, <laughs> Six and like, it's, it's the same kind of thing, and I, I, I have fun with it, I guess, but it's just nothing that grabs me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not even a detriment to the game, or detriment, I'm using that word too much. Not even That's not even a factor of the game so much as just my own personal preference. But... Uh, in Wario Land, one thing, Wario Land Shake It, one thing that I can really appreciate is the, the graphical style and the way that they handle kind of a 3D look still in that 2D plane. It just works. And it's yeah. hard to explain. And I probably have people listening right now that are like, this guy's an idiot. Go to art school, you, you know, dumbass. But you non art school goer. Right. But I mean, I don't know. I I studied film, so I feel like I have some understanding of depth. You know, yeah. Um, well, which that was my thought of why you would have picked up on it in the first place. Well, thank I thought you. that was your film background. Yeah. So, if, for, you know, for me, but I, I think a lot of people are excited about it because it is a great game. So, like at the core, as long as they don't script the gameplay, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And you know, it it's as someone who seems to be pretty okay with whatever people do, just because I can find justification for it all. You know, hell, people are going to like this. Yeah. I just don't think it's it's catching my eye like I wish it was. If I close my eyes and just listen, I get all excited, you know? But then yeah. I open them and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like halfway there. Man, if only if only they could have, you know, like given you an option to like toggle, you know, because even if things like the, like the power-ups, like the treasure chests and the ice cream and the jewels and stuff, if you could just somehow toggle those to be 2D or something like that would go a long way, right, I think. I mean, just like, if it was they... only the background that was 3D? Yeah. I mean, that'd be something. It wouldn't be ideal, but... I well, know. I mean, it, it would be probably more consistent like Paper Mario, or like Super Paper Mario does that 3D in 2D on a 2D plane, like a left and right kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it does it pretty damn well. It just feels right, yeah. you know? And it's not on the 3DS, so that you can't argue against me there. Like, there's just something that I probably can't explain, and people who don't understand what I'm saying right now just probably won't get, but it just doesn't look right to me. Yeah. Something just feels off. It's like it's like transformation, but only goes halfway. Yeah. So I, I don't know where I saw this. It was like on a YouTube comment or something like that, but uh, somebody mentioned, though, that it, wouldn't it be cool if, to correspond with this, they released, since I guess the rights might be back in someone's hands or who knows, that they might maybe release the original, you know, as kind of a, a bonus or like a, put that on the virtual console or other, you know, Xbox Live or something like that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that's possible? Because if that's the case, then I'll uh, just say probably get it there, you know. Uh, do they mean like a uh, l- like a separate release or um, yeah. or like a unlockable within the game? I would think a separate release was what they meant, but I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, I guess it would be maybe worth purchasing if it was unlockable in the game, but. I would see, uh, and were they thinking like like on Virtual Console? Because yeah, because that's the probably only... again. It was just like a quick comment. It wasn't too detailed. Yeah, yeah. No. But because um, it it only came out for NES, so there's right no way it could be on uh, the other services, right? No, it would have to. Only... Yeah, okay. Um, I I could see them. I could see them releasing it on Virtual Console as kind of a promotion thing. Well, I mean, I don't know. Game. Oh yeah, I guess because it wasn't an NES game, a Nintendo game, so they wouldn't be on anything else. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, but that would probably be it. I don't think that it would be like unlockable 
within the game. Right. Because that whole Nintendo so, thing. Yes. Um, but that might be kind of cool. I, I Hopefully there wouldn't be too many people who would be like, oh, well, now that I can just get this, I don't need to get the remake. Right, uh, and that's where I think I would be at. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, depends how many people listen to this podcast and then learn what's wrong with the game and then get discouraged from buying it like like, like I am now. <laughs> well, give it some more time, you know. It could change. It's not uh, in stone. Well, and the other thing is, truly, uh, I mean, I, I know how that is coming out this summer, but I was going to I was going to say that it, it might be an early build or something. You know, there might be some things that get tweaked. Like, for instance, the sort of, you know, the uh, the scrolling from the foreground to the background. You know, maybe they could tighten that up a little bit so it doesn't look so sure. disconnected. Or um, spend more time working on the background once they've mastered the gameplay and the foreground or something. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll see. And, I mean, and this begs the question, too, which is the second part of our topic. And, you know, what what warrants a remake? Like, I, I kind of wonder why this even came to be. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody was really clamoring for a remake. You know what I mean? It wasn't something that was on anyone's mind that I know. And, frankly, remakes don't end up being talked about that much in, in my circles anyway. I know that you know, people want to remake the Majora's Mask game because Ocarina of Time got the same treatment, but... If you take out like the Nintendo exclusives that always get remakes um, in some form or another, or re-releases anyway, but like what what really I guess defines the need for a remake or or what I don't know. What do you think? Um, well, that's a good question. Like for me, I think a lot of times it comes down to uh, it's it wouldn't be so much. Well, it's that if I think a, a certain genre or just a certain style of game just sort of like isn't getting made as much. Um, so like the kind of games that I wrote down for this list as we were, you know, thinking about what to talk about for this topic, the, the top two that came to my mind were, uh, first of all, Ninja Gaiden, Mm -hmm. because that sort of like really fast paced, uh, platforming, I think is not really as present now, like platforming in general is sort of coming back, but, uh, like Ninja Gaiden, you had to be, it was like a skill that you had to master in order to be good enough to advance in those games. Like those, those are friggin' difficult games. And not just because they had a tendency to like send you back, you know, a full stage if you, if you die. Balls to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. In a world where lives are meaningless, that game sent you back. Oh, yes. Um, and I know that they, you know, technically there is a Ninja Gaiden franchise right now, but that is like has it's 3D nothing eyes. to it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, plus it's like the original one. There wasn't like an emphasis on gore and you know just blood in general, like there is on in the new ones. And there also wasn't an emphasis on boobs as much as there is in some. Well, of the that's new a ones. fault of the NES game, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. What? I'm sorry. What? I said that would be a fault of the NES game for not uh, being. Uh, I see. Now, um, how would you feel? Do you know a game called Shadow Complex on the uh, Xbox Live? Uh, heard of that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, the. Um... I could kind of see this game doing that kind of art style. You know what I mean? I think okay. if it was if if you were going to take Ninja Gaiden and re remaster it or remake it or whatever, I think that would be a pretty good fit. And then, like you said, focus on the on the fast gameplay because that was what made. The game's right. so beloved. Right. And, and the, uh, I think maybe take the opportunity to make the 
birds a little less frustrating and that's about it i think you can still keep the challenge and uh not make the birds so annoying i don't know if you well, enemies in general i mean the game about, was des- but... the game was designed to kind of be a prick yeah well like when enemies appear and when they swoop and like it's i mean it's balls hard for a reason but yeah it's I feel like the the developers use the way that like the funky ways that the NES worked to their advantage in that sense. I don't think it was just purely accidental design and the it's just spawning and stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and I, but I will say that as freaking difficult as those games were, I I still think they struck the right balance in which when you actually did win, you know, you felt good and you felt like, yeah, let's let's do it, let's do another one, as opposed to, geez, thank God that's over with, so I never have to play it again or you know what i mean mm-hmm. like because uh, sometimes if you conquer something that's just purely frustrating but still not enjoyable you just like are like all right fine now that's out of my system and yeah, you can never play it again but yeah so and plus i just I, you know i really loved the uh the way that they did the cinematics uh the emphasis on story in an action platformer like that where i mean th- that was the kind of story you know it might seem it might seem cliche now and you know kind of hokey but like i was watching and those cutscenes back in the day and every time there would be some like you know stupid little twist like oh my god this guy is working for the other side or whatever. like man i was hooked i was like mm-hmm. i was so into that and like, I don't know, a, a lot of times now, if a game tries to have an intriguing story, it's just, like, impossible to follow. It's like mm-hmm. either the game, like, games now, like, typically will either have, like, no story, or the story is so simple it doesn't even really matter, or it's interesting and it's good, but if you were really to try to sit down and explain every little piece of it, you probably couldn't. Right, there's no balance between intricacy and... Right, and right. I guess simple storytelling stability or something. Yeah. So because those, it was like they were complex enough that you didn't know what was going to happen next and interesting enough that you wanted to know what would happen next. But then at the end of it, you knew exactly what happened. You know, like I think metal gear games are kind of cool in that they try to tell, you know, these big complex, intriguing stories, but a lot of them ultimately, like you just have no idea at the end like you just don't know what happened you know you enjoyed it you know it was kind of cool but you can't really i've heard that from that series though i haven't experienced it but yeah so anyway so that was uh that was the first one of mine uh did you have any or should i just i mean i really couldn't think of that many real good answers because i guess i just don't find myself clamoring for remakes that much as much like, when I thought about the DuckTales thing, at first, first, like, my first hearing of it, I was like, oh, cool. Like, that's awesome. I, I thought, yeah, I wanted that. Then I started thinking, well, why do I want that? Or do I really want that? Yeah. And uh, I was trying to avoid using the, the cliche Mario and Zelda, you know, go-to ideas. Though I think it would be pretty cool to see Mario 2 get some remake justice. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it was such a bastard child of the series, because it was te- technically not supposed to be a Mario game. Like, to kind of make it a little more Mario-ish through art style and um, not necessarily bring it into the 3D, but just, I don't know, just do just do, do it some justice again, maybe re- refine the gameplay, which is already pretty solid. Yeah. But, I mean, considering the fact that this game accidentally brought us some of the most memorable enemies of the series, I mean, Birdo is still around, Shy Guys yep. are still around. Shy Guys are as synonymous with Mario as Goombas, and yep. they were kind of an accident. So yep. it would be pretty cool to see to see that done again. I'm not sure what art style or anything, but 
Well, and I think that the biggest thing I would love to see get redone from that is having a Mario game in which you have different playable characters with different right. skill Abilities. sets. Sure. You know, I mean, that was so cool. Like that made the characters of Peach and Toad cool for the first time, you know, right. or like relevant. And uh, I would love for that to happen again. Like, I'm glad that there's, you know, the other Toads in the new Super Mario Brothers games as opposed to, I don't know, something completely silly like the, I don't know. But um, but they, they still, they're like purposefully cookie cutter, you know? Right. Like they don't really have much of a, like it's just, it might as well just be a number three and a number four running around on the screen. Like there's not really that much difference between them. Like they don't want to have a personality, it seems like. So that's a missed opportunity in my opinion. I would love it if it was Peach and they played differently and things like that. Well, I think the, the idea there was to make it fair. You yeah, know, yeah. They to want, make it on an even playing field. Exactly. And actually, you know, there was that there's that web series now with that woman trying to talk about feminism and games and all that. And in her first episode, I did watch that, and she commented about how, well, why not make Peach a, a playable character? And frankly, that was a lack of research on her part because it's been stated that it was they were chosen as Toads strictly for the the sake of having the same experience, you know. But instead of having four Mario's running around, you have Mario, Luigi, and then Toads. They there are multiple Toads that look alike, but there's not mar- multiple Mario's. That kind of takes away from the experience of running through Mushroom Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a cheap shot. I just I guess had to put that disclaimer because I wanted to explain that to somebody. <laughs> um, right, sure. But I mean, of course, with her, I mean, with with any documentary series, there are going to be some liberties taken um, to get a point across. But that's not the discussion here. Um, but I think it would be great to to focus on that aspect, and and you know, and instead of a remake, maybe I don't know. At the same time, I can't justify a new game like that, not in the same graphical style, at least. Or this, you know, I wouldn't want them to make a Mega Man Nine version of Super Mario Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of a tough sell for me, I guess. Mm. It's weird that I can buy a game I've played before, like when I bought Super Mario World on the Virtual Console, but tell me that you're going to remake it. And I'm not so convinced anymore. I guess I just worry about what made it good being stripped away, and you're really at the mercy of, I guess what it is, you're at, at the mercy of a new, um, what's the word, I guess? Like, development team, or? Well, not, well, sort of, but like, so, okay, take this movie analogy, for instance. You have a, you have a screenplay, right? Uh-huh. That's a vision of that screenplay writer. Then it gets sold to somebody, who then fucking makes their own envisionary of it. They take it and they make it their own. But even then, when everything's shot and everything's in the can, an editor ends up making his own version of it, too. He makes sure. his own decision. So you take a game that you've loved and a concept, but then you have to, you're then giving it to someone else to interpret once again. And that can possibly risk losing what actually made it good in the first place for you. Yeah. And that's what's happening, I think, with the DuckTales game. And I guess that's what makes me weary about the idea of remakes in general and why I'm not that eager for them. I'm not against them or anything. Yeah. But I, I just, I'm skeptical because it's like trying to make a director's cut, um, but not from the original director. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're kind of saying like, what are the odds it's actually going to be better? Yeah, and well, that's the thing. Like, is it striving to be better? Because that's kind of weird too. Like, you know, so should they remake Star Wars one or well, Episode four, but the first Star Wars movie just so they can try to make it better, or would they be doing it to pay homage? Like, what's the point? Yeah. I guess that's what I'm really uncertain about this whole podcast with this is what's the point of the remake? Well, you know? and I think an important bottom line, which I think you sort of touched on earlier was that you know, so long as you can still go back and play those games, it, it, 
calls to mind what's the point you know like because like even now i still have ninja gate and i can go play them if i really want that experience um and so that is that is a fair point and while it might not be legal in the in the digital age you can play any of these 8 to 16 bit (laughs) games at any time yeah you know so it is a tough so i guess what i would like to see out, out of remakes is more or less maybe taking maybe taking it and then like adding something to it so it's not i'm not expecting the same exact thing but i'm ex- i'm expecting maybe an Im- something that improves it or maybe something that makes it a little bit different or fresh but reminiscent um, well let me let me hit you with this Stephen. hit me with your best was, shot this was another game that was on my list i think i've mentioned this even on this podcast once before but uh star tropics is a game that i have started several times and never gotten past i don't know I've never gotten more than a few hours in or, or past the first dungeon. I don't even know how to quantify how far I've gotten. But uh, but I'm drawn to it because I love the setting. I love that sort of tropical island, you know, like bright blue skies and green trees. And, you know, but at the same time, like, you're just kind of a kid. Uh, I like that you're not like a dinosaur or a caveman on a skateboard or whatever Mm -hmm. um and you know and there's something there's some evil going on some mysticism or something and you're there to solve it kind of zelda style you know right so that whole thing is really appealing but the execution of it i don't think they got it right i don't think it worked In, in either one uh i didn't play the second one i never played the second because actually for me kind of like the opposite of you like when I heard of Star Tropics, I only ever heard of the second one. Oh, really? And so it is Revenge. Like that's yeah, yeah. And like that was in my Nintendo Power, like one of my first Nintendo Powers, and uh, so I didn't realize there was a first one until like, like the early two oh, thousands yeah. or something. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and I, you know, that's a series that I haven't played. It's been on my to do list to try, but I've looked at videos on YouTube, and it's like, yeah, you know, I'm just not certain I would get it now. But you're right, maybe a remake would be something that maybe can clean it up a little bit, and maybe that would intrigue a new gamer like myself. And I think if you have a game that... Because I think even back in the day, like they wanted the setting to be a draw, I feel, because like there's parts where... I don't remember if you're talking to dolphins, or you're swimming with dolphins, and there's like something with a submarine. Like I feel like there's a lot of opportunity to capitalize on visuals mm-hmm. in, in what that game has laid out. Uh, and I think so. That would be a case where you could say modern hardware could do that better. And it depends what kind of art style you would take, but the right. potential's there, I think, for sure. And to me, I could see that as being like a high texture game where they're really focusing on just great, beautiful looking graphics, um, but still having what the same vantage points. I mean, isn't it like a top down game? It is. Yeah. Um, but it's not necessarily a side scroll or anything, right? It's it's kind of a free roaming. No, it's I I keep likening it to Zelda. That's like the Zelda one. But it's kind of, of it's like much closer up though, right? Like Zelda, the first Zelda. I mean, you're kind of like you're you're like hot air ballooning it, you know. Um, you're pretty high up from the perspective of just you know the size of Link and the size of other objects. While in Star Tropics, aren't you much closer? Like your character takes up not just one square of the grid, but like a few. And, and I think he, the actual character is probably twice as big, but I 
get the sense that the actual area is fairly similar. Right. And I think, yeah, because I know that like there's little rivers or gaps in, in some of these levels, uh, from what I've seen, that are like a square, quote-unquote, uh, right. in, in width or whatever. But uh, but just having that larger character does make it feel like you're closer up. Mm. And, uh, and how this is really relevant to what we're saying, I guess it's not, but... Um, I could just see them kind of doing... Well, I guess what I'm saying, when the camera's closer like that, you are able to show off nicer textures and, and really have that... Maybe like maybe have realistic sand kicking up when you're running on the beach. Or like. Well, and I think, you know, they wouldn't even have to necessarily... If it's going to be a remake, they, in my opinion, they wouldn't necessarily have to keep something like the perspective. It could be nice, but maybe if you're going to be showing off visuals, maybe that would lend itself better to a more 3D approach, you know, like more of an Ocarina of Time or like a... Okay, well... Or even like a GTA, but, you know, on a tropical island kind of... No, that's fascinating to me, though, because the idea of taking a 2D... Well, more or less 2D game. I mean, obviously it was 2D because of the system it was on, but uh, even though the perspective was trying to be more... But taking a game like that and then giving it a 3D space, but with everything in the same location... Uh, that's a fascinating concept to me. Like, it's akin to um. There's a quick side note. There's that. There's a show called like Up All Night on one of the major oh, yeah. networks, and uh, I think Christina Applegate actually left it because she was pissed about this whole concept. But it's not doing so well as a single camera comedy. So I'm pretty sure this might at least if it's not in the works now, it was, and they wanted to switch it to a three camera comedy. Okay. And that's like really weird to do in over the course of a series. I guess only one or two shows have ever done that. They already made like some really questionable decisions with that series, but okay. <laughs> um but like so that I mean it's it's it, for the TV show itself would really piss me off. It would just be totally kind of lacking the integrity of the of the series from that point on. But in a game, I could see that as being kind of fascinating. You see like people doing home mods where they, like, recreate... Well, like, there was that video recently of the guy doing first-person Mario at, like, yeah, that yeah. last world, which was really jarring from the jumping perspective. But <laughs> but it was still kind of cool to see to see it like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, Nintendo does this with their... To an extent, with um, when they pay homage to certain things in their future Mario games. and uh, And so, I don't know. I think that would be a really interesting thing. Mm-hmm. I... It, you wouldn't be able to compare it 100% to the previous one, so there wouldn't be me going, well, you know, this doesn't really look like, play like the other one. It would be different, but it would be, again, a a remastering or a more of an homage, I guess, than, than actually a remake. Mm. And that, I don't know, I guess that's fascinating to me. Like, that little bit extra that I said I would like to see different while doing the same thing, I guess. I don't know, I just find that to be really interesting. I'm kind of like, at a dead stop with my my point there, but uh, but that is fascinating to me, and I, I would be curious to see more of that. I don't want to see too much in the industry in general because I don't think we need to be spending that much time doing these. You know, yeah. they don't need to be like a constant thing. But uh, but the idea is yeah. interesting, and with Star Tropics in particular, uh, from a personal perspective, I would like to see something like that because I don't think I'll ever yeah. end up going to, to the classic just because I'm I don't know I just don't know if I could do it. Yeah, and I I think there you know there could be bigger potential for games that you know had good ideas but just didn't quite get them right the first time. Uh, and I think if they're going to do stuff like that, you know they would have to really give a 
push behind it though because sometimes because I feel like there have been remakes of old series over the years and they just completely came and went and I don't know if it was just because the games were terrible or they didn't get promoted but because like like a sweet series like Blaster Master has come back a couple times but never it's never really captured anyone's attention right uh, and I'm not sure you know exactly why I, I didn't play the like PlayStation remake, but I know that the WiiWare remake was really good in my opinion. I uh, guess, and I don't think anyone really with me, and there. maybe it was a misunderstanding because I I never did end up playing the remake. I was very interested in the remake, but I was kind of led to believe that it had the same exact flaws as the original. Like, they didn't go anywhere to fix that, or to maybe fine-tune it. So, it had a graphical upgrade, but it just was kind of the exact same thing, flaws and all, which, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's another whole topic of discussion, frankly. Yeah. Do you want to keep that for the the integrity of the source material, or do you want to fix that? Uh, Like with Ninja Gaiden, do you want to fix the birds, or should that kind of annoying shit be in there? Because that's how it was. Yeah, and there would be a certain number of people who'd be like where are the birds that was what made it challenging or something so and i guess the the best answer is the switzerland answer which is to either have it as an option you know like you were saying with the graphical style of the ducktales remake you know maybe having it so you could change the art style to be one of two different ways which of course is probably not financially viable because they wouldn't want to spend the development time doing that but i mean that's one way to make people happy or b you just don't make everyone happy and you just hope you pick the group that yeah. is the bigger group. Yeah, true. And uh, and at that point, it does become just all about preference. Mm-hmm. So. Cool stuff, uh, though. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Yeah. Uh, and again, not to not to turn you or anyone off from the game. Um, the game... No, no, again, you already did. Okay. You already did. So there's no point <laughs> in even talking about it. I've just, but not to turn anyone else off, you mean. Yeah, which I've probably already done. Anyone who's listened to this is now... <laughs> No, I'm definitely gonna. I'm still gonna check it out with a uh, open mind. Absolutely. I just had to say, as a disclaimer, I don't naturally turn people off. <laughs> it's not a natural function of me, so uh, I'm doing okay in my normal life. But uh, <laughs> no, something a game a game like this, I I think one would be foolish to not give it a fair chance. Sure, no matter what. So. And and hey, I'm definitely eager to see how it turns out because I I'm open minded and. Uh, and if that's, I don't know, that's kind of just how I am. And I guess I, I really do feel awesome that you vindicate me a little bit because when I was explaining myself, you seemed to understand me totally. So I don't feel like yeah. I'm just pulling shit out of my ass. No, that's, I wouldn't cool. I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like if you were doing that. Well, it's not a video podcast so yeah. or a smell-a-cast. So it really would have no no uh, detriment to you. So that was a pretty good discussion. Now, we didn't actually get to the uh, other topic we had planned. I guess this went... Uh, much better than I than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other the other topic was going to be games for sick days, which um, I guess I'll say is every game, right? Not exactly. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about that again uh, when you get sick next, because the whole premise was that uh, Joe was feeling under the weather recently, and and so that kind of got him thinking about that. And there <laughs> are certain games that make you, I guess, feel comforted. Uh, so we should talk about that another, another time. But mm-hmm. we are out of time, unfortunately. Oh, and, uh, I know. Oh. Let's get like a whole audience, like up, up all night's <laughs> audience when they have a three camera comedy. Oh, 
Uh huh. And then like uh, we can have Zero come in and everyone go, ooh, <laughs> you know. It, who, have, who would be like the wacky neighbor? The wacky like neighbor that could mustache. be mustache, yeah, yeah, for sure. He can be the Kramer type character. Yeah, comes in, everyone cheers. Sure. Sure. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, he'll, yeah, and his big thing is that nobody wants to talk about baseball, but he wants to talk about <laughs> baseball, and then that is his whole like gimmick. So the negative <laughs> world sitcom, I love it. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, that wraps up another episode. You know, thank you all for listening. Um, we really, we really do love it when you comment on what you've heard here and, uh, and voice your opinions, you know, get pissed at us, support us, uh, ignore us. Just talk about the podcast that we love it. And, uh, to do that, you just got to go on negativeworld.org If you're not already there, just find the thread associated with this episode. Uh, it should be visible to anyone who's even not signed up. So you can at least read, but we, again, we'd love for you to, po- to post. And, uh, you can also reach us through Facebook uh, you just got to search for negativeworld.org and you can also follow us on Twitter, negative underscore world. Uh, don't forget that there's this enhanced podcast that, uh, that we do. And there's also this regular podcast that you're probably listening to right now. So, um, yeah, that's the, the whole usual spiel. Uh, Joe, thank you very much for doing this with me. Thank you, Stephen. As yes. always, it, it you know has what? been a pleasure. It has been. And you know, we do great together, but we do love having guests on. And mm-hmm. lately, we haven't been having them on. So if you're listening to this, join us. It's it's just a couple-hour commitment. Uh, we try to be flexible with our time, but it's, you know, we, me and Joe have busy lives outside of this thing, so it's not always the easiest, but let us know what your availability is, and, and we'd love to have other negative worlders on. So uh, with that, I bid you all adieu, and have a good night. See you later. See ya. Bye-bye. Eh, you do fine. I try to change it up because I really don't want to be like, and that wraps up another episode of the Negative World Podcast. <laughs> well, you should do it just like that someday. That would be We would really be like you to comment on what you've heard <laughs> on negativeworld.org. Simply find the thread associated with this episode and keep all hands and arms inside the podcast at all times. Sounds like the uh, NPR version. <laughs> yeah. Global Warming does not want to subscribe to Negative World, so it will reach us through Facebook. Simply search for negativeworld.org or you are part of the Taliban. <laughs>